show's co-hosts, Alan Ryland, and also featuring the Redfish Chuck Show's other co-host, Peppy Lydow. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Give me the flat to dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Awesome I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. We got him. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. Boondoggle! That's how I like to start off this Monday night edition of the Redfish Chuck Show. Uh, Boondoggle is in the air. For those of you who are listening to the podcast or listening to us live or listening to our app, which is still free on iTunes, or, or uh, the Google network, for those of you with Android products. If you are not going to be at the Boondoggle, which is this weekend, up in Perdillo Key, at Big Lagoon State Park, I feel for you. Because this particular Boondoggle has all of the makings of a historic event. Uh, yeah, really, really pumped about it. <clears throat> As always, I'd like to welcome my co-host to the show, Mr. Pepe Vidal. What's up? What's up? How you doing, man? I'm good, uh, brother. Counting down the days. That's right, man. We've got a few more days to go, and we're out of here. Yep. Um want to send out again our uh, our thoughts and prayers with Alan, our, my other co-host here on the show, um, Mr. Alan Ryland. He'll, he'll be missing out on the boondoggle because he'll have his surgery uh, to try and uh, remove the cancer that he has. So uh, he's not with us tonight. He's got some things going on in the household he needs to take care of. So um, thoughts and prayers with you, brother. And uh, we hope for a speedy recovery so when we get back, we can uh, get you back out on the water and get back to whooping some fish. So, Peppy, you had yourself a uh, quite an exciting weekend, did you not? Oh yeah, it was it was very exciting. Uh, hardly any sleep, um, but it was uh, it was a fun filled weekend. You know, uh, Saturday fished uh, fifth uh, fifth leg of the kayak fishing uh, classic and uh, didn't do too well in the tournament. Um, actually caught some big trout. Did catch some big trout, like twenty seven inch trouts. Um, but that didn't count for the tournament. The tournament was a three redfish tournament. So biggest redfish I caught on Saturday, which is sad to say, but you know what? It was a tough day. It was a real tough day. I caught a 10-inch redfish. So <laughs> Nice. 
Yep, 10 inches. I measured it too, and I turned them in. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was one of those days, it was just tough. The area where we were fishing was real tough. And, and, and it's funny, though, because the day before, you know, I got word from uh, from Steve Chapman. He was in that area fishing, and he saw hundreds of reds um, the day before. So that goes to show you one day to the next, you know, the fish move. You know, they're, they, they're there one day, the next day they're not. It, it all depends, you know. It, you just don't know. So it was one of those things, but you know what? It's still 10 inches got me a little bit extra breathing room, and it and it got me off. And then at the award ceremony, I was awarded um, I was awarded Angler of the Year for the East Coast of Florida. So that was that was pretty good. That felt pretty good to win that. Um, ended up winning a Diablo Diablo Amigo kayak. So nice. that was pretty good right there. Yep. And um and after that, let me continue and then after the award show, when I came home, was home for about two hours with my kids and the wife and everything like that. And then after that went to went to go hunt some gators, went gator guiding, uh guiding a couple clients from Nebraska get their gators, and we were out until about 2 o'clock in the morning. The guys from Nebraska did get their two gators, so it was a long day. 4 o'clock in the morning, got up. They didn't get home until about 2 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning. So. <laughs> nice. But it was worth nice. it. got a new kayak and made some money, so can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, yeah. So, hey. Speaking of gator hunts, do you guys have any more gator hunts that are up for grabs or what? Yeah, Lenny's got a couple. Lenny still has some. He's on the forum. I know Lenny still got some tags. I know Lenny still has to fill four more gators, I think. Well, so, there you go. And I there will you tell go. you this. Boondoggle, you guys are not going too bad. You're missing out because I will have, I will have gator up there to fry up when we go up there for boondoggle. So just letting you guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yep. Very cool. Uh, well, what, what? So tell everybody, man, what'd you get your trout on? I got my trout. I actually got my trout on the Slayer STB Bounty Hunter. So that thing, let me tell you, I've been using that Slayer STB Bounty Hunter is what I've been using. And let me tell you, man, every single fish that I've caught in that thing, they just hammered it, man. That thing, that bait, whatever it is with that bait, man, that bait works. And I, Chuck, I don't know if you've noticed it already, but the hook set oh, with yeah. that bait is so much different than the other baits. I mean, it really gives a good hook set. I mean, these fish are are. Every single fish I've caught so far on this thing has really, I mean, that hook has really set well in its mouth. So, but um, a big trout, man. I, I, and I don't mind telling people where I was. I, I I don't care. If you want to go catch some big trout, you people that are listening, Turnbull Basin. If you go to Turnbull Basin, there is some big trout there right now if you want to catch some big trout. I mean, big. I haven't caught big trout like that one after another, you know, uh, a few of them, Wade too. Wade caught some big ones uh, in that area over there. Red weren't there, but the trout were. Nice. Yep. Nice. Well, I didn't. Uh, <clears throat> I didn't win any kayaks, so I didn't win any money. I didn't really make any money this weekend. But uh, 
I got a chance to get out and do a little fishing. Um, my neighbor, John, he bought himself a, uh, a Hobie Outback. So I, I convinced him to get up super early in the morning and go hit a little secretive spot to go see if we can't find some tarpon. I figured this guy's never really fished a day in his life. Like all of his fishing experience has to do with, uh, catching like little tiny brim off the dock down the street. So on like hot dogs. So I figure we can get this guy to jump a tarpon, maybe land one <laughs> for his first like real fish ever caught. I think that'd be pretty cool. So anyhow, we head off and uh, we get down to the spot. We launch. It's a beautiful morning. Flat. I mean, just as flat as can be. Fish rolling everywhere. Um, it was uh, me, Chris Flores, and John were out there messing around. And uh, I watched Chris jump two or three of them in a row and then lose and lost every one of them. And then... Uh, John ends up hooking a ladyfish and lost the ladyfish. That would have been his first fish. And then a short time later, I hook a, I hook a tarpon and uh, lost it. He jumped and threw the hook. Now, I don't know how many of you guys out there like to target tarpon or small tarpon, but let me tell you what. When they're in like 10 feet of water and they come up and eat a bait, and they dive down and come up to jump, and they jump like eight feet in the air. I don't think there's anything that's quite as cool as that. I mean, I'm sitting in a high position in the pro angler, and I'm looking over, and this tarpon comes flying out of the water with my jig in his face. And, I mean, if I put my arm up in the air, I couldn't have touched him. He was like two foot above above what I could have reached. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. But uh, lost that fish, and we decided to head out and try and find Alan and uh, and Tammy, who were out on the river. So uh, we made our way to the river, found a couple big schools of, of upper, not even upper slot, over slot fish. Um, I would say probably conservatively about 35-inch fish, 35 to 40-inch fish. Cruising around, wouldn't take nothing, wouldn't take nothing. Finally, uh, I got my buddy John on, on his first fish, which was a little trout. But still, hey, it counts. And uh, yeah, dude, it was cool. He was so stoked. But you know what was even cooler? This guy's from Boston, right? And uh, so he's not—he's not really an outdoors kind of guy. He's more of like a—he's gonna hate me for this. He's probably listening to the show. He's more of like a sit behind the desk computer kind of guy (laughs) than uh, than an outdoorsman. But we're working on it. I mean, we got in our little neighborhood, just so you guys know, in my little neighborhood, I've got a guy who lives down the street from me who's sponsored by Mossy Oak. He's a professional hunter. He goes all over the country, films, hunts, and all this stuff. And uh, then there's me who lives on the street. And, like, as soon as I moved in, I told John, I'm like, yeah, you're going to have to get you into the kayak, man. I'm like, this is – if you've never kayak fished before, we're going to get you involved in it, whatever. You're going to love it. You don't really have much of a choice. So, um he ended up biting a bullet, getting himself kayak. That was awesome. And then uh, across the street from me, my buddy Doug, he he got himself a, uh, a kayak. You may have heard about it a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, he traded a, a clear liquid in a jar for a <laughs> 16-foot adventure uh, Hobie. 
So that was a pretty sweet trade. And um, but anyhow, so we're all like this little neighborhood of fishermen slash hunters and whatnot now. And uh, it's pretty sick. But anyhow, so we're out there. We're pedaling around and having a good time. And I look down and I'm like, hey, check it out, dude. Big giant stingray. And he's freaking out. Oh, that's so cool. You know, stingray. I mean, how many hundreds of stingrays do we see? I mean, yeah. But, you know, when you t- again, you take a guy from Boston and you put him in a kayak and set him out on the Indian River in- on a crystal clear flat. And, I mean, his eyes were the size of saucers. He was so stoked. And then we had uh, a couple bottlenose dolphins swim by us. And we had one that came, like, literally right to the nose of my kayak in two and a half, three foot of water. I mean, you could see his eyeball. You could see him just fine, right? He came all the way up to me, turned on his side, looked at us, and then I, I kicked my feet with the pedals, and he took off. And so uh, that was cool. He thought that was awesome. And then we just made our way back because it was getting a little bit late. But, uh, you know, I caught a bunch of trout, nothing, nothing really to, to brag about. Um, I know Alan had told me that he saw a bunch of big black drum tailing. Saw some uh, big redfish tail, and I know our, our good friend Tammy, she uh, she missed a, a giant, apparently, a big redfish. She had it on, and somehow or another pulled the hook or whatever. But uh, She pulled a wade. She pulled a wade, yes. Thank you. Yeah. She pulled a wade. <laughs> and uh, so there you go. Um, pretty funny. But uh, she she was definitely kind of annoyed about it when I, when I finally caught up to them. She was... You know, not not in such a good mood about it, but um, it is what it is. It's fishing, right? I mean, we've all had it happen to us. Some That's people right. more, some folks more than others, Wade. But uh, you know, it's I'm just playing. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It was a cool weekend, man. It was really, it was a lot of fun, and uh, the anticipation of going to the Panhandle is killing me. And you know what? What's weird is I'm not even like. I don't even know what kind of fishing I really want to do yet. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here at the Levi residence and I'm trying to figure out, all right, what rods am I bringing with me? What reels am I bringing with me? You know, what, 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 what terminal tackle do I need to carry with me? That whole thing. So, you know, right now as it stands, I'm bringing, uh, I'm going to bring a heavy duty spinning rod which is just a jigging stick. I mean, I call it heavy duty. It's just a, a Travala rod with a uh, 5,000 size Stratic on it. Um, I might bust out the 8,000 Saragossa. I don't know. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting. What's your, what's your game plan, Pappy? What, I mean, there's so many different styles of fishing to be done up there. It seems what, what's, what's your number one goal? What do you want to really accomplish up there as far as fish are concerned i mean is there a species up there you you definitely want to target yeah uh jameson (laughs) 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 that's my my target (laughs) no i really uh that's the truth but i'm really looking forward to (laughs) i'm glad your wife is going with you yeah, man, like, my wife's yeah. going to the kids, man, so it's one of those, you know. So. Still no problem. I, I can still drink, you know. I can still have some Jameson and stuff, so. But I'll behave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, 
I, I, my plan is I'm going to take a little bit of both, like you like you were saying. You know, I'm going to take some uh, heavy duty uh, spinning rod uh, for offshore to see if we do do that because it looks like the weather's going to play out perfect for offshore. It's what it looks like. So I definitely want to do that one day. I'm going to follow. I'm going to be tied up. I'm going to tie my kayak right to, to Drew's kayak. I'm going to, you know, let him pull me out there if I have to, you know. But um, yeah. I plan to do some of that and maybe flounder fishing. You know what I'm saying? They're saying the flounder could be good during this time of the year. There, So I'll do some flounder fishing. As far as the flats, from what I hear from other guys in that area, they tell me the flats fishing over there is just like uh-huh. ours. Um, there, it's very similar, uh, since it's so similar, um, I really don't, you know, I really don't, um, I really don't see me doing that unless I really have to do it, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things right. I'd rather do something different. Yeah. If, if, if it's so, yeah, if it's so similar to our stuff, I'd rather do something different, you know? I want to yeah. try something that we've never done or something like that. So... But their reefs are, are weird over there. I mean, this is crazy stuff. I saw some videos, and it's these artificial reefs that they put these, these like, cement blocks down at the bottom or something like that. Have you seen that? Yeah. Some of their – yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, I'm not used to that kind of stuff, but I'll do it, whatever. And if they said there's fish there, I'll do it anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I mean, I don't like to – listen, this is a vacation, you know, I mean, call it a, call it call it the boondoggle, whatever. This is like my wife and I's only vacation for the whole year. So, um, when I get up there, my my first my first game plan is to is to hook up with one of the locals or the mixins and just be like, hey, listen, here's the deal. <laughs> I want to catch something I can eat. So, you know, put me on some red snapper, put me on a trigger fish, put me in an area where I can go get some grouper. I don't know. Grouper open? I don't know if grouper open. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at all. I know the red snapper is, but that's I don't know about the grouper. I'll tell you this. I don't care if they're open. I'm not going to keep them if they're not open, but I will catch the living crap out of them. <laughs> I have no problem yeah. catching a photo and releasing a bunch of groupers, man. But uh, I'm with you, man. Listen, if the flounder are running, oh, it's on. <laughs> Trust me. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I love me some flounder, man. I love catching flounder, love fishing for flounder. So, uh, yeah, I'll leave the flats and that kind of thing to everybody else. I'd like to go fish the pass and and try and get into some flounder fishing or whatever. And uh, Scuba Stan, our boy up there, he says flounder running now. Well, it's on. I will be bringing some some pearl white and uh, mullet. Uh, with a silver mullet uh, Slayer SSTs with me and uh, rigging them puppies on this, on some jig heads and sending them down to the bottom and see if I can't pull some flounders. Unless somebody else has a better way to do it up there. I don't know how they do it, but whatever it is, the way they do it, that's what I'm going to be doing. I know uh, Drew was saying something about fishing the docks and fishing pilings and all kinds of stuff like that for the flounder over there. So yeah, whatever it yeah, takes, like, man. That's what I'm I'm gonna do. Yeah, they like structure. You know? Yep. Yeah. Well, hold on once. So real quick, let's uh, let's do something real fast. I'm gonna hit a real quick commercial break. When we get back, um, we're gonna talk a little bit more about what's going on in the local area. We got a caller calling in. I'll go ahead and take that once we're on a commercial break and find out who it is. But uh, 
listen, if anybody's there listening to the show, you want to call in, talk about the boondoggle, talk about your plans, whatever, feel free. As always, the number is 714-816-4727. You're listening to Kayak Fishing Radio. This is the Redfish Chuck Show Monday Night Edition. And, uh, yeah, feel free to give us a shout. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle's just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. Check out yakangler.com slash boondoggle for more information. Yep. That time of year. It's finally here. All the preparation. All the hard work that everybody else has put into this one. Thank God I've had this one off. Uh... Looks like it's going to pan out pretty well, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. Pretty okay, Big Lagoon State Park. And uh, we got a caller on the line who has spent, who lived there in, in that region and has spent some time there, fishes there quite often. Jim? Hey, Chuck. How's it going, brother? It's going, buddy. It's going. Man, I'm envious. When you're already down there slaying them, I'm going to be doing a charity event. So, hey. You know, this. Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's good karma, brother. Ain't nothing to be envious about. I got you. So, yeah, man, this cold front coming through, it's dropped uh, about 10 degrees up here in Atlanta. Uh, it's dropping down on the panhandle. It might be moving those flounder, getting them to do their fall migration offshore for spawning. You might be able to hook some real mats. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm talking about, brother. Tell me about it. What, what should we? What should me and Peppy be looking to do, man? What kind of rigs should we bring? Uh artificials or live baits or what, what, what do we need to do you know if you if many many times it's been live shrimp and then you got to take the associated you know you might catch some little trash snapper not red snapper but you might catch a little trash fish along with a lot you know along with flounder and red snapper but many times it's live shrimp down on your standard carolina rig you know one to three ounces of weight depending on the tide and which wreck you're over um of course Pinfish, if you want to catch some pinfish in the bay before you head out, live pinfish never, you know, you might catch snapper, you might catch a real big flounder, you might catch a grouper. Um, you might still have some Spanish hanging around, even though this cold front, I'm not talking about dinks, the spring dinks, I'm talking about, you know, 18 to 24, 18 to 25 inches. You mm. might hook a Spanish. I know. Um, it just depends on how much that water temperature drops. There's been a big freshwater push this summer down the Chattahoochee, down the Apalachicola, back into the intercoastal waterway, pushing west from east to west. And that's kind of moved some fish out early. It dropped the bay temperatures kind of uh, dramatically. 
according to my my guys who I trust down there who I still fish with. But you know, any of your standard offshore rigs, you know, six foot to seven and a half foot, medium, medium heavy, heavy action, you know, standard grouper stuff that you do around your coast, you know, your boat rods, you know, 20, 20, 30, 50 pound braided, um, one to six ounces of lead to get it down, depending on the tide and how deep you are, which wreck you're at. The Spanish right off the beach, um, you know, I've caught Spanish off the beach trolling for kings with dusters and six-inch blue runners that we caught off Sambuki rigs around the different boys, the whistle boys, the different boys out off the beach. Um, a lot of times the guys, they either buy pinfish or catch some pinfish in the bay, stop by a boy, any of the boys with a chain runner down, drop a Sambuki uh, rig down on a medium-action spinning rod, kind of crank up as much live bait as they can, and then troll it with dusters. I've had a lot of luck with those man's DB25s like you use on the East Coast and the chartreuse. They got a color. I think they called it a parrot or clown. It was a wacky color, a pink head, a blue back, silver belly, maybe a little green in it too. Believe it or not, caught a lot of kings and a lot of big Spanish on that. And um, no wire leaders, 80-pound fluoro to a sampo swivel. Um, that DB25 is so long that usually the kings and the Spanish hit it somewhere in the body, and they don't cut your leader as long as you don't leave too much tag hanging off your connection to your snap swivel. Um, but if you can't get any live shrimp, you can't even get any pinfish, uh, any kind of cut bait, fresh cut bait, of course, that you can get out there. Like I said, you could catch a snapper, you could catch a grouper, you could catch a flounder, um, could get into some reef donkeys. Some a lot of lesser amberjacks on those close reefs, not the greater amberjacks. So you might get a free ride with a reef donkey. You know nice. they have a lot of they have a lot of structure over there, but it's not natural structure. It's ships that have been sunken. Sunken. They have grouper condos, which looks like a half dome with big holes in it. Um, a lot of people have thrown different pieces of uh, chunk concrete out. There's a lot of bridge spans that have been sunk. So there's a lot of inshore, nearshore um, reefs in the Panhandle. And, you know, the water, Apalachicola over to Pensacola, the water drops too. Three, three miles offshore, you're in 70, 80 feet of water. You know, you go around the Big Bend, and three miles offshore, you're in five foot of water, you know, from, say, St. Mark's down to Stenahatchee. So your water drops pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, your Spanish will be off that second sandbar which is about two miles out, mile and a half, two miles out, it varies. Um, shouldn't be very sharky this time of year with this cold weather moving through. You know, the big bulls that hang out there in that second sandbar probably are moving off deeper, so you might not lose as many fish to the sharks. Probably still going to be some dolphins around. You know, they'll follow your boat. They're going to steal your catch if they can. I mean, that's just what dolphins do everywhere, right? Yes, so, sir. Um, I wouldn't bring any straws. If you're going to try to paddle troll for some Spanish, I'd bring a bigger bait. I'd bring Rapalas. I'd bring DBs. I'd bring dusters and try to get you some live bait or some big Clark spoons. Um, yeah. I would go bigger than smaller this time of year. If it was in the spring, I'd say get your straw rigs and get your little Clark spoons and, you know, catch 300. But you're going to catch fewer, but they're going to be nice. And you'll have some kings in there just, you know, in there dispersed with them that, um, you know, kings pull pretty well. I'd rather eat a Spanish, but that's just me. So would I, brother. Trigger fish, you know, shrimp, live shrimp, shrimp, fresh dead, 
you want to put it in a plastic bag, put it on ice, keep the fresh water off of it, you know, take it out in a cooler. Um, fresh shrimp, fresh dead shrimp, any kind of good cut bait. I don't usually use cigar minnows for bottom fishing. I use them for trolling, but I usually like to go with the herring for bottom fishing. Nice oily, nice oily fatty herring on a big circle hook. Um, I prefer that. If I'm going to troll, I'll take some frozen cigar minnows, you know, for trolling fast. I'll put cigar minnows out, but I really don't like them for bottom fishing. I like to get that oil, that oil scent going. And, of course, take some, um, take any, any of your slayers with you offshore, you know, drop them down. You might need a quarter ounce, half ounce, three quarter ounce jig head. Not quite as much tidal movement as uh, when you're up in Virginia or up in the coast of Georgia. But, I mean, there's still some tide, and you get out over those wrecks. You know, there's, there's still water moving over those wrecks. And um, tide is very important because you want to be the down tide side of the wreck. And I've seen this going out in big, you know, motorboats, center ponds, fishing offshore. You want to be the down current side of that wreck. If you're on the up current side of a wreck or bridge spans, um, you're probably going to reduce your, your chances of catching anything. Those fish will move. I've talked to divers who have been down there snatching bugs, lobster, those fish orient to the current around those wrecks and bridge spans. The grouper, the grouper condo is a little bit different. And you check, you know, all your offshore experience. The grouper don't orient quite as much. They're going to get in a hole and stay there. But yeah. your reef donkeys, um, your reef donkeys, your flounder, some of those fish, they're going to, they're going to snap or they're going to orient a little bit more to the current. They want to be hit up in that current. So if you're, if you paddle to a near shore structure and you're not catching. Anything. I don't know if you, you know, if you got a fish finder, a depth finder on your, on your yak, then you know, drift down to the down current side and try fishing it, and be on close, you know, be on top of it, and be prepared. Um, I had a G Loomis with a 700 on it explode in my hands. I hooked something on one of those wrecks, and I was using four ounces of lead, 100 pound uh, fluorocarbon leader with a five ounce circle hook, and I hooked something. And the next thing I knew, my rod exploded in three pieces up at toward the tip. I have no idea what it was. Um, I've been reeling up small reef donkeys and had something grab a small reef donkey and just take off with it. And I, you know, and it didn't, it wasn't cut in half like a big shark. So I'm, I'm assuming it was a big grouper, grabbed it and took off with it. And you know, I'm sitting there not having not using a grouper rod, using a snapper rod, and not be able to do anything with, you know, not doing anything with it, and finally it let go of me, bring up a mauled over fish. You know, butterfly jigs are good. If you got some butterfly jigs, take them. Um, you'll, catch some, you'll catch some snappers, some small groupers, some small reef donkeys with that. But be prepared that if you hook something small on a butterfly jig, you know, don't be surprised if your rod starts going into the water because something else has grabbed it if you're trying to reel up. You know, and inshore, nice. inshore is pretty straightforward. You know, I've fished five-foot casting rods with a Calcutta 50 and 8-pound test line, and I've fished seven-and-a-half-foot rods, spinning rods with a 4,000 class and a braided line, you know, Cajun Thunders. You know, any of your SS, your any of your slayers, if the water's clear, go with the light color. If the water's murky, Go with a darker color, and you can also use a good root beer color at the darker. If the color, the water's clear, you can still use root beer, pearl root beer, chartreuse. Can't go wrong with any of those. Um, 
if the water gets dark, you know, go with some gold flake, a dark color with some gold flake. You can put it under a popping cork if you want, or a Cajun Thunder if you want. Early in the morning, of course, it's still not too cold for top water. Um, we're in our fall fishery, which is as long as you got tide moving, fish will feed right now. Um, January and February is very different in the panhandle um, than it is in other parts of Florida because it does get pretty chilly and the grass does die off every year and the fish do run up the intercoastal and school up and crash um, glass minnows. But the fall fishery, fall and spring, fall is probably my favorite time to be down there. It's not too hot. Mosquitoes aren't bad. A lot of the guys who are fishing are off hunting. You know, lower Alabama, lower Georgia, all those guys are deer hunting now. So they're not on the water. It's not as crowded. A lot of the jet skiers have left. So, um, you know, if you've got tide moving all day, it's fine. And the one thing in that part of Florida, there's no visible structure. There's no mangroves. You know, there'll be some docks. There'll be some stuff that's gotten sunk on the bottom. There'll be bridges. And you can put a live shrimp down around a bridge and pull up just about anything. Um, but not unlike Tampa and unlike the Space Coast and, you know, down through the Everglades, there's no mangroves. Um, there's some bayous that are kind of swampy, but there's no visible structure. The structure actually is gradient differences of the bottom inshore. So if you've got, huh. you'll have a large sand flat and there'll be grass still on it this time of year. In the winter, it dies off. But if you can find a grass flat that has, I'm going to throw out some random numbers. If it's got an average three to five foot depth and then it's got a trench that is a foot or two deeper, and that trench leads you out to deeper water eventually, you'll fish that flat before a sand flat that's about a uniform flat depth with no real good access in and out to deeper water. Because at low tide, this fish will move off the flat, even though there's plenty of water. Those fish will move off the flat. I've been in water up to my waist, and at the bottom of low tide, seen trout leaving the flat, even though there was still four foot of water on the flat. Um, when the bottom, when the water drops out, they're going to leave. They just go out to that deeper water. Um, I don't know why. They just do that. So look for variations in depth. If you look at Google Earth, you'll see the dark lines. Um, if you got a depth finder, if you can find a flat adjacent to deep water, it's better. And sand pockets are huge in the panhandle because a sand pocket could be one or two feet deeper than the grass around it with the tidal action. So if you see a sand pocket, especially one three, four, five feet around, fish the edges of that thing. Do not pass it up, even if you don't see fish, because the trout will get buried up under the grass. Reds are a little more bold. You'll see them crossing it. You'll see them on the edge. But the trout will bury in that grass. I've seen trout come out of grass to take top water on the edge of a sand pocket. You can see them coming right out of the grass. Um, so any sand pocket you see, a flat that's adjacent to deeper water, you want to fish the edges. Don't drag right through the middle. Fish the edges of that sand pocket, even if you don't see a fish. Those trout, you're not going to see them because they, they're so well camouflaged. Um, and the trout are funny in that part of Florida. They're not like the Space Coast. that has consistently large trout. I've noticed that some years there'll be a bunch of large trout, same year class, and then they're gone. And then you'll get two or three years of small, same year class, sub-limit, sub-slot. And then you'll get a year where they're all big. You know, they're all that same year class and they're big. And you'll catch a bunch of big trout. So it's a little cyclical. Um, 
unfortunately. But, you know, it's just different. And you don't, if you don't have braid on your rod, you don't really need it unless you're fishing around a bridge inshore. I've fished many days with 8 and 10 pound floor clear. Um, and I use, if I use braid, I use a longer leader because the line's so clear, the water's so clear. Like I told Chip, I don't think those fish know what braided line is, but I think they know it's not natural. You know what I mean? It's not something that right. they're used to seeing in their environment. So there's been a lot of times where I want to put braid on. If the water's really, really clear and the fish are a little skittish, I'll leave the braid off and just go with 8, 10, or 12-pound floor clear. If you got braid, go to about a 4-foot leader. You know, don't do an 18-inch leader. Do a 4-foot leader. And, um, you know, if the fish can see you, if you can see the fish, if you're higher than 10-degree angle above the water, if you can see the fish, you're, like, standing up in your kayak or you're up on a push pole and you see them, they see you. Or I've sat there and tested. I've had guys float by me and drift flats boats, and I've been wade fishing. And I've sat there and caught fish, and when the boat comes through, drifting with the wind, uh, it could be hull slap. Fish stop. The guy's not running trolling motor. He's just standing on the front casting. And he drifts by, and about 10 minutes later, they start again. So... I'm, you know, I'm very confident that if you're up on, stand up in your kayak and you see a fish, be be thinking he's seeing you too, if you're above a 10 degree plane on the water, which you are if you're standing in your kayak. So, you know, make longer casts, especially to any potholes before you get up on top of them. And um, you know, whatever you got, tackle wise inshore, whatever you got, just bring it. You know, six and a half foot, seven foot, seven and a half foot, five foot, five and a half foot. Anything but a Zipco 202, right? You don't want to hook something and have it implode your reel in your hand. And I've, I can tell you, I've sat there and caught trout with a eighth ounce rattle trap catching sea trout. Next cast, something took my rattle trap. I'm looking at a 4,000 class sustain with you know 250 yards of eight pound fluoroclear and a leader. And all my line is leaving my reel, and I'm not, I can't stop whatever took my rattle trap. You know, I'm having to eventually point the rod straight down and break it off because couldn't turn it, you know, couldn't do anything with it. Just something big grabbed it on a grass flat and took off with it and moving faster than a red. And uh, never saw it, never turned it, never slowed it down, and it almost spooled, almost dumped over 200 yards of line off a of spool. So be prepared that you might be catching reds and sea trout, but, you know, a 20-pound Jack Crevelli could come through, you know, or something, you know, big stingray. You know, I've seen six- and eight-foot stingrays down there. When you fish off, when you're fishing offshore and in the past, you know, be prepared. You could hit, you could hook into a six-foot stingray. So you either got to break it off or it's going to take you wherever, you know, you're going to go for a sleigh ride. So, Sweet. You know? That's awesome, man. Get good information. Hang on for me just a second, man. We got to hit another commercial break, but uh, we'll be right back with you guys here on the uh, Monday night edition of the Kayak Fishing Radio Network. Boondoggle? What the heck is a boondoggle? Is it a tournament? No, it's not a freaking tournament. A boondoggle is just an event where a bunch of kayak anglers come together for a weekend of fun and kayak fishing. We all get together and fish, check out industry-related products, have a big dinner, and swap a fishing story or two. What's that? Sounds like a useless waste of time? Yeah, it is. So what? So get your butt up off the couch and get to a boondoggle. Bring yourself. Bring your family. Heck, bring your hairy-ass brother-in-law. I don't care. Just get to a boondoggle. 
check out yakangler.com slash boondoggle for more information. Welcome to kayakfishingradio.com. Submit your local fishing report to be aired on Kayak Fishing Radio and the Kayak Fishing Radio iPhone and Android app. Please follow these steps. Step 1. Create a Skype account. Step 2. Add Kayak Fishing Radio to your contacts on Skype. Step 3. Call Kayak Fishing Radio and you will hear a recorded greeting. Start recording after the tone. If you do not have a computer or access to one, you may call in via phone at 404-890-5232. That's 404-890-5232. All right. Man, that's a lot of information there, Jim. I uh, hope everybody's got their pens and, pa- pens and paper out so that you can take some uh, some notes. That's some some good stuff, bro. I'm, I'm glad you called in because... Uh, some of the things you had mentioned I had thought about bringing, but thought that they might have been too big for the situation. And I'm glad that uh, I know that I'm not going in there undergunned. No, in the fall, the bait fish have had all summer to grow. You know, in the spring, to me, the panhandle has really four seasons of fishing. You've got the winter fishery, which is very different than the other parts of the year, especially if it, if there's uh, some cold fronts, if they get that eastern edge of a cold front that's come out of Canada, fall fishing, you've got um, more opportunity to fish as far as length of time to fish than in the winter. You just need tidal movement, low tide, you know, slack low, slack high. You're not you're not going to do anything. You might as well take a break, eat a sandwich. Even offshore, slack high and slack low offshore, you might as well eat a sandwich. You might catch something, but you really want that water to be moving. Um, winter fishery, they're all up the ICW. Uh, grouper pick up in the winter, other things drop off. You know, spring, everyone goes crazy over the big cobia push that comes through in the spring. Um, trout are very keyed in. Redfish and trout are very keyed in on inshore on the baby pinfish that look like little pieces, little quarters flipping over in the water. You see these little tiny flashes of silver, and there'll be thousands of them in the grass, and they're no bigger than a quarter, and they're tiny little pinfish. You can catch them in a cast net and use them, or... Um, you can use a very small rattle trap, a very small fly, you know, if you want to bring it, break out your buggy whip. And then the summer is, is similar to the Space Coast. You're going real early or really late. Middle of the day, you're not going to catch anything ashore. It's too hot. You can go offshore and catch them all day as long as you got water moving, um, as long as you can stand the heat. But um, the fall is a good time. I mean, y'all should have a great time. The oysters from Apalachicola should have uh, gotten right. All this fresh water pushing down kind of messed them up a little bit. But the oysters from Apalachicola should be a – should be ready to be eaten. Best oysters in Florida, in my opinion. Um, and then everything you talk about when you talk about offshore fishing on your side of Florida, if people have been paying attention to your Monday night shows, when you talk your tackle, you know, your tackle off the beach and the things you're using, a lot of that is directly applicable. I think the difference is species, proximity, um, a lot more man-made structure closer in, which does create a lot more boat traffic. Uh, be prepared when you go out through the passes on a holiday weekend. Maybe it won't be so bad in the fall. Any other time of year, holiday weekend, the passes look like the Indy 500. I mean, boats are going out because the structure's so close, you don't need a big boat. You know, you don't have to go out with twins and a 27 
I fished a lot of up to 15 miles in a 19-foot center con with a 175 on it, you know, and caught a lot of fish. So there's a lot of boat traffic in close, but like I said, now that the falls here and guys are deer hunting, hopefully that will uh, taper it off and it won't be so crowded. But so, it's a holiday weekend, right? Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, we were talking flounder earlier, and you were talking about fishing for them on the wrecks and reefs and stuff. Would there be any flounder like in the pass or uh, in the bay at all, or is it all just offshore? No, there, there'll be some stragglers in the bay still. I caught them. Um, my wife caught a huge flounder by Gulf Coast standards the week of Thanksgiving last year down at St. George Island, down around the corner from Apalachicola. And that flounder should have been offshore. She still had eggs in her. She had roe. Um, there'll be some, and the flounder, you're gonna, you'll find some pure sandy bottom. But, you know, a big pothole or broken bottom, grass and sand, you'll still find flounder in there. And they'll hit slayers, you know, slow crawl slayers across. They'll hit DOA shrimp. I've caught them on both. I've caught them on jigs with gulp. I've caught them on live shrimp on her popping cork. I've caught them on um, just about anything. Um, just move it slow. But they'll still be some inshore. They'll be straggling. And you'll catch them in the past because... Probably by November, the majority of them will be on the near shore wrecks. They won't go out 15, you know, 30 miles. They're not going to go out that far, so three to five miles. But there's enough wrecks they can get off closer. And it's usually all that bottom over there is nothing but sand when you go offshore. You know, it's that pure sugar sand. So you'll find some inshore, but you'll find some in the past just because I think this coal front is going to start moving, getting, getting them focused to move out of the bays out and get spawning. And, you know, there's a very good chance that, you know, if you're fishing in the past, you might hook a 50-plus-inch redfish, you know. I'm not saying you'll land them if you don't. If you go there with a, seven, you know, 7-foot medium-action spinning rod with 20-pound braid and 30-pound leader, you're probably not going to land a 50-plus-inch red because there's a lot of, um, on the edges of the passes, there's strong boulders. And some of the passes have sunken tugs and other things, you know, boats that have gone down. And, uh, you know, I popped a 100-pound leader in a pass on a tug trying to pull a redfish off of it. So the redfish will be moving off the moving offshore, too. They'll be in the passes. So you might catch flounder in all three places just because of the time of year it is. In January, they'll definitely all be offshore. You won't catch squat inshore. And then the summer, you know, up until the first or second week of September, they'll all be back in the bay. You know, any kind of good sandy area in a bay, even with broken grass, is going to have flounder. And they'll hit, you know, they'll hit cut mullet, they'll hit finger mullet, they'll hit a SS, uh, Slayer SST, they'll hit a DOA shrimp, they'll hit a gulp. Um, my first flounder on a fly rod came in a bayou at Panama City. I was dragging a fly, a clouser on the bottom very slow, a three-color tan, ginger, and a brown. With copper flash, I caught my first flounder on a fly rod in the summer in the bay at Panama City. Very cool. So um, it's just a transitional month for them. Now you won't probably you won't see any cobia. There might be a few stragglers headed back down south. You know the big cobia fishing is March and March April weather and temperature dependent. So I don't think you'll see any cobia. The tarpon with this cold front come through. This week, the tarpon are probably going to start heading south. Um, there'll be some babies back up in the ICW in some of the 
dark bottoms. The little babies will stay, you know, under two foot. But it's not anything like you'll see where you live. I mean, the the ditch tarping where you live is far superior than trying to ditch tarpon around the um, panhandle. Gotcha. Very cool, man. So we got we got a lot to uh, a lot to look forward to. Yeah. You might, Chuck, post on your Facebook some of the stuff you use offshore there, you know, some of the rods and leader combinations and line combinations, some of the stuff you've done off the beach for anybody traveling in from, like, the guys from Virginia who are doing the big, who catch the big stripers, you know, that's big water up there. They probably can use the same gear they use up there, down there, for the near shore yeah. stuff. Um, everyone just needs to be aware that when you get around a wreck and you've got under a 40-pound class, you know, a four-alt boat rod. If you don't have a four-alt boat rod and a 100-pound leader, you know, you might not bring in what's biting your line, you know. I mean, and you don't be surprised if you hook something somewhere and your rod ends up in pieces because you hook something that, you know, was very large. I got, I've got uh, 603, uh, 603-way swivels, which aren't your typical three-way swivels. These are the ones that the commercial guys run that are they're they're not pre they're not pressed you know what I'm saying they're formed around each other and uh, I've got a big old spool of 80 pound fluoro and uh, 80 pound mono and I've got uh, 60 pound braid on, on one of my outfits and I've got um, 40 pound braid on another one so uh, you know my my game plan if I get out there and, and try to hit some of the reefs and wrecks. It's pretty much to kind of fish them the same way I think I would up here when I'm offshore in a boat. Um, I like the idea of being able to go out and sabiki bait, especially hardtails. Um, that sounds really cool. And being able to have some uh, some really, really fresh bait to drop down there sounds just like, man, that, that could be the answer. Now, what are the chances of being able to live chum up some of, the, some of those fish down off the wrecks, like those lesser amberjacks and things like that? Is there any chance of being able to do that? Yes. Um, if you wanna if you wanna hang two chum bags, get up current, get a little up current. Of course, and Chuck, I'm preaching to the choir when I'm talking to you because you know all this. You know, you're gonna be up up current a little bit. You're gonna drop off two chum bags. Um, you'll have some lessers come up. You might there'll still be some sharks around in the deeper water. They won't be running the second. There's two. Most of the panhandle, there's two bars. There's a the first sandbar off the beach. Is pretty close. You can just about see it if you're up on a high point on the beach. And then there's a trough, and then there's a second bar that's a little further out. And then when you leave that second bar, it goes deep quickly. Um, and in the summer, those those sharks literally, I have stood in four foot of water in Panama City and had a nine foot bull shark swim between me and the shore in a late afternoon. Um, you know, it's not a very comforting feeling having the shark between you and the shore, it's okay if, you know, you're between the shore and the shark. They get that close in the summer. But this time of year, they're probably off in the deeper water. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and run um, maybe uh, like a stretch 25 behind the kayak on the way, you know, just moving around, see if I can't get a, a king or even a big Spanish to eat it or um yeah. whatever you know and that stretch 25 should get down deep enough to where a snapper might even smack it you know um yeah do you guys have, now so I'm, going back, on those... I'm, I'm thinking about your chumming question yeah you might be able to chum some stuff up but you might get some other stuff too that might steal some steal some fish from you 
I mean, gotcha. if you want to take the chum out there, I definitely would do it. If you're going to do it, I mean, if you say, hey, I, I, I don't mind taking chum with me and hanging it off the yak, then I would do it because anything is going to help your chance jump up higher. Well, um, I'm thinking – Trigger fish thinking... now, you, you know, if you're on a wreck that has some trigger, because there are some triggers that stay inshore, if you got some chum, those triggers are going to come up. Yeah. You know? So in trigger, like... you don't have to have a big rod for trigger. You know that. No, I, I like trigger fish. They're stupid. Yeah, I mean, seven, you know, any kind of six and a half, seven, seven and a half foot, medium, medium heavy, you know, three quarters of an ounce of lead, Carolina rig with a one or two off circle hook, and a piece of squid will catch a trigger. You know, be aware that you might hook something when you're fishing for trigger that might be bigger, but um, that chum will bring those triggers up because I know you like catching trigger fish. And, Love trigger fish. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got a big old pack of. Uh, See, it's weird because up here, I mean, or down here, I, I run a four-aught, sometimes even a five-aught live bait style hook, and I'll run mm-hmm. uh, I'll run those in like a chicken rig kind of kind of deal. And mm-hmm. what I always do to try and stay away from the other critters that are on the bottom is I'll drop that bait down at the bottom and crank it like 20 to 30 feet up off the bottom, mm-hmm. and the triggers the triggers will swim right, right away from the wreck, right away from the reef, and. Uh, your groupers and snappers, unless they're up in the column, the, the snappers that is, um, rarely will ever come up and eat it. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And it sounds like it's going to be a good time. I'm definitely, uh, definitely excited. I know, uh, I know that I've got the right gear for it, and there's no question about that. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you're local, if you live close by to the Titusville, and you should just so happen to need something in a pinch before we start heading up to uh, Perdia Key, feel free to give me a shout. Uh, don't forget, we're getting ready to open up KBB Outfitters, and I got a show order in. So I do have rods, and I do have reels, I do have line, I have plastics, I have scent products, I've got all kinds of stuff in stock. Uh, granted, we're not open yet. Um, as far as that side of the business, I can always sell it to you uh, through the other side of the store, so it's not that big a deal. <laughs> Uh, I see Steve says he needs a reel. Well, I got plenty of reels. I've got, in fact, if anyone's looking for a, you know, a sweet deal on a on a big spinner reel, I've got a couple of Quantum Boca 80s, which are, uh, for all intents and purposes, are pretty much uh, bulletproof when it comes to vertical jigging and fishing uh, deep water. I've caught plenty of big fish on Boca 80s. Um, they have tons of line capacity, tons of drag. Um, so yeah, just let me know. But anyway, sorry about that. Um, that's my commercial. See that? See how that rolls? That's, that's my in-house, <laughs> in-studio, live commercial. <laughs> Good plug. Big plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what, man? It's like uh, I was I was going through the boxes of stuff the other day, just kind of like looking, and I, I texted Peppy. I'm like, man, I'm like a kid in the candy store, and uh, man, it's it's just fun. I've got I got I got stretch twenty fives. I've got Sabiki rigs. I mean, listen, this isn't your typical uh, outfitter store that's attached to a kayak shop. Man. This, is, this is an outfitter store that's attached to a kayak shop that just so happens to uh, carry everything that you would ever possibly need to fish from a kayak or a boat uh, out here. So it would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, um, Sabiki rigs, man, that's a good That's a good point. A lot of guys uh, – well, I'm sure a lot of guys coming into town from out of town wouldn't even know what the wouldn't even know what to do 
with a sabiki rig, let alone what a sabiki rig is. Um, basically, what a sabiki rig is is it's just a bait catching rig. It's got several different um, little hooks on it. Runs on a on a single leader. Um, they run from anywhere from like a size two to three or four aught, depending upon the size of bait you're trying to catch. Um, I uh, yeah. Yeah, man, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a, a interesting situation. What size do you run, bud? The Sabikis? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The medium sized one, not the really small one. And I don't use the little shrimp imitations. I use a standard little flasher paper one. Not the small one, but the next one up. Right. I can't remember the size. It's in my all that's in my tackle down in the basement. I didn't yeah, want like, to talk about or, one more ug, one more ugly fish, Chuck, that you might like. Let's talk about sheephead. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like sheephead. The, big, the biggest sheephead I personally witnessed come over the side of a boat that was scaled, filleted, and eaten, and was entered into a fishing derby, 12 pounds. Wow. Um, 12 pounds sheephead. Live shrimp around a, around a bridge, the Hathaway Bridge, one of the bridges in Panama City. Live shrimp. On a, basically on a Carolina rig, you know, two foot of a 40-pound liter, uh, three-quarter ounce egg signal, of course, with a bead above the swivel. And we're using the, the good swivels, the Sampro swivels. You know, don't use any cheap swivels over there. On a three-aught hook, three-aught live bait hook, 12 pounds. A few ounces, but 12 pounds was a monster. Um, the sheephead and black drum fishing is actually better when the water gets a little bit cooler. Um you know, January, February is really good sheephead and black drum fishing time. But this time of year, you still might catch in the past around any of the bridges, you could still pull a five-plus pound sheephead. And it's that's where I always use braid. When I'm fishing around the bridges, I'm always using braid. Um, my experience with braid is an oyster will cut braid as fast as it will cut mono. Uh, the concrete, though, I think the braid holds up better abrasion against concrete than mono in for carbon. But you can take live shrimp or fresh dead shrimp. Um, you can also find filler crabs in certain areas. And right down alongside of the bridge piling, straight down. You don't even have to scrape the side of the bridge and knock some barnacles off. If they're there, you just put your strip down, wait for the third tug, and hold on, and you can catch very large sheephead. And some of them are going to be kind of beat up from eating, feeding off the bridge. You know, it's not that they're diseased, but you can see some of them, they'll, they'll be pretty aggressively feeding off the bridges, so they're a little banged up in the head. But, yeah, I've caught, personally, I've caught sheephead five and six pounds on a regular basis on live shrimp. Sweet. So, yeah, there's so don't a... that out. What's funny, man, is as you've been as you've been talking, I've been kind of going back and forth on Facebook, trying to keep up with messages and stuff. And uh, our buddy there, Uno Moss, in the chat room, Mr. Andrew Mixon, uh, who was also from that area or has lived in that area at one time, I was reading through his report a little bit during one of the breaks, and pretty much everything you've said is pretty much what he said. Um, so I mean, it's all great information. We definitely appreciate it, man. And that's the one thing about boondoggles is sometimes it's hard when you're not from the area to go out there and, and target what it is you really want to target. I mean, I'm sure most of us can go pretty much anywhere you send us and we'll, we'll find something to catch, but you know, it's, uh, it's really, really nice to have that firsthand experience of guys who have actually fished in those areas to, uh, be able to rely on for sure. Um, 
It's definitely uh, definitely cool, man. Definitely cool for sure. Um, let's see, Uno Mossy saying, "I'm late to the party." Who is who is our on phone guest? That's Jim. Jim's out of uh, where are you out of now? You're in Atlanta now. I'm in Atlanta. I'm on the north side of Atlanta. I'm Chick on the other side from Atlanta from Chip. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's it's always uh, like I said, it's always good, man. I'm hoping that we can bring a a boondoggle back down here again, uh, Central Florida. Our, our stomping grounds at some point. Um, I don't know. You know, we'll we'll just have to see where this one goes and talk to the guys and see what the plan is for future Boone Diggles. But uh, you know, definitely excited. I've got uh, let's see, I've got my Tova cameras that are going to be all charged up with extra SD cards. I've got, I just got some new uh, some new mounting hardware from uh, Railblazer Yak Gear. I'm really excited about bringing with me for, for the cameras and for rod holders and stuff. And uh, a lot of cool things, man. I'm interested in checking out the, uh, the, the, the events that are going to be taking place throughout the weekend. We've got a, a pretty good assortment of things going on um, as far as the schedule of events are concerned. So that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you guys have checked that out at all, but uh, Pappy, do you have any questions? Definitely. No, that's about it. Uh, he, uh, Jim, Jim answered everything pretty good, man. He he gave a rundown from offshore to inshore, man. That's great. Pretty much, uh, pretty much, he's, he took care of everything. All we got to do is catch fish now, man. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, all we got to do is just make it happen. Um, right. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole schedule of events. If you go, I think it's I think it's been posted on yakangler.com uh, as far as the actual schedule itself is concerned. Uh, so if you go, just jump over to yakangler.com backslash boondoggle, I'm sure you'll find it. There's actually seminars and speaking engagements that are be going on throughout the weekend. So uh, you know if, if you brought somebody with you that may not want to go out and fish, or you get back from fishing, you want to catch up with one of these seminars or whatever, feel free to do so. It should be fun. Um, and there's going to be some, I guess, some live music and stuff throughout the evening or whatever on, on I think, every night. But uh, So there's a lot of stuff going on at this one. The whole Vendor Village deal, that's going to be cool. Uh, it's going to be uh, a good opportunity for folks to be able to walk around and check out different kayaks and talk to different vendors from within the industry. And even some of our buddies like uh, our good old boy Ed there from Hellbrand Leatherworks, he's, uh, he's going to have himself a booth there. So hopefully he'll bring some of his fish bags with him and fish wraps, but, uh, looking forward to it, man. I mean, I just, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. Every time that we go to a boondoggle, uh, my wife and I, um, we get excited leading up to it. Cause it's just like, I told Stan, scuba Stan the other night, it's like a big family reunion. And, uh, Stan's like, yeah, but the only difference is it's every, you know, it's always people that I like that show up, you know? So, uh, but you know, it's going to be a, a good time. And for those of you that never experienced one, um, come in, come into it with an open mind. You know, I know you hear a lot about boondoggles and everybody, you know, praises them and says how awesome they are or whatever. Um, I've always said a boondoggle is what you make of it. So, you know, if you're kind of a recluse and you don't like to get around a bunch of people and hang out and, and sit around a campfire and listen to Wade sing hippie music on his guitar and Judd laugh at him and whatever else is going on, you know, then, uh, it might, you know, that, that you can do your own thing. That's the beauty of it. You know, if you are kind of outgoing and you want to spend some time with some people and you know, introduce yourself to you know, new, new people or, 
you know, say hello to folks that you may have, you know, be following on, on Facebook or whatever like that, you know, then that's always, that's always there for you as well. So it's, it's, it's definitely really cool, man. And, uh, you know, I definitely have to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to, uh, I said shout out. Wow. Um, becoming Ryan Seacrest, uh, Brown taxidermy came through as always with a, uh, a beautiful red snapper half mount. And let me tell you something, the, uh, the guys over there at Brown's taxidermy have made a agreement to be the sole provider of fish mounts for, uh, the boondoggles from here on out. So if we do boondoggles for the next 10 years, every boondoggle we do, they'll be providing a fish mount. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they believe uh, in what we're doing as far as the charitable type stuff for Heroes in the Water and some of the other organizations that we have uh, helped out throughout the years. So uh, whoever wins this bad boy is going to be happy because it's definitely a nice one. But uh, we're getting there. It's 9.05. Um, I'm not sure who else is doing shows this week. I don't know. if I'm, I would imagine that uh, that uh, landing crew will probably be doing a show, but I don't think that uh, Chip's doing one. I think he's taking – this week off just to get everything ready to get down there. Cause you know, he's one of the hosts for this one. And, uh, you know, so appreciate everybody listening to us tonight. Uh, Jim, man, I definitely appreciate you calling in and giving us the, uh, giving us the four one one on what's going on up there. I think you, you really helped to answer a bunch of questions for folks. No problem. And I've got good news, even though her, uh, couple of storm Aaron just came through there. Chuck, you're going to have on Friday 83 for the high, the low 67. Saturday is 83 high, low 67, zero ch- zero chance of precipitation. And Sunday is 83, low 66 with zero chance of precipitation. Woo! You couldn't ask for a more beautiful weekend. Wow. Dude, that's awesome. You know why that's awesome? Because the last boondoggle, we froze. <laughs> and it rained the whole time. <laughs> so... I'll take it. <laughs> I will take How it. How do you know, Chuck? Say what? How do you know? How do you know that happened? I I didn't think you remembered any of that. What? I was, <laughs> last one? Yeah. Uh, listen. I I, I uh, listen during the day. I was I was a, 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 awake, alert, and coherent during the day. Than when I had to when I had to play host, all right. When the sun went down, and that was a different story. <laughs> yeah, and when the sun went down and all y'all went to bed at like eight, I was, <laughs> I felt like I was obligated to uh, to, to to take on the party from there. Oh, uh, <laughs> whatever. Hey, Chuck, one other thing. On the weather, yeah, I'm looking. I'm not on a good site. I'm on weather.com. On Saturday, you've got northeast winds, five mile an hour. The one thing you have to, everyone needs to remember when you talk about going offshore in the Panhandle. In the Panhandle, a north wind is blocked by the landmass. You know, on the Atlantic side, and the southern part of Florida, down by Tampa, north wind is not blocked by anything. But in, your, in the Panhandle, when you get a north wind, it's blocked by Alabama and part of Georgia. So if you get a northeast wind, you might want to check your seas. You might have, you might have like a flat ocean, like a pond, with a northeast five, unless something changes dramatically, which it could. But check your check your marine forecast. I mean, Saturday it just might lay down flat. 
Uh, Sunday, you got an east northeast, east northeast. Um, it can get a little messy with the east wind, depending on how bad it is. Um, but a north wind, it might not be bad at all for going offshore in your yak. Good deal. Ugh, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm my, my, my mind, not, no, my mind has been running a million miles a minute for the last like three weeks, man. Just trying to get the shop going, trying to get it, keep everything on the up and up over at kayaks by bow. And, you know, now getting ready for, uh, for the boondoggle going through all my gear, um, making sure I've got everything. So, uh, there you go. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns about the show, feel free to send me an email redfishchuck at hotmail.com you can find me on facebook just look up redfishchuck i'll pop up there too i'm on twitter i don't tweet very much um instagram i don't do much of that either but i got an account but uh definitely uh appreciate everybody's support throughout this year we're coming up to the last half of the year and we're or in the last half but the last quarter of the year we're looking uh getting really excited about this the uh the fall run of mullet that are showing up here we got incredible schools of fish that are showing up here um if anybody's coming down to central florida wants to do a kayak charter get with our boy captain alex garichke and uh he'll put you on the fish for sure man um it's just getting better and better you know you guys come down to orlando for business or whatever i know we got a couple of friends that do that from time to time you know bring the family down for a vacation and uh you want to run over to like they want to go to disney or whatever um, if you're like me, you'd much rather put a, a line on the water. So, you know, get get a hold of me or get a hold of Alex, and uh, he'll he'll put you on the fish. As as we mentioned last week, uh, we're super excited to have Alex as a part of Kayaks by Bo. Um, he's going to be helping us do some seminars and uh, do some demos and things like that. So, uh, it's going to be a really good relationship between us and him and his business. And uh, just looking to help him expand a little bit more and you know, do what it is that he needs to do to support his family. Alex is one of our boys. And, you know, as you guys sometimes hear, he calls in, he gives us good reports and whatnot. So, uh, but to everybody who's driving up to Perdido Key or coming down from other States or whatever, please, please, please drive safely, drive slow, take your time. There's, there's no reason to get into a rush. You know, we ain't going nowhere. We're going to a, a campground to sleep and hang out and have a good time and fish a little bit and, make some memories. So uh, let's all arrive there safe. I think that's the most important thing. And, uh, you know, if you're bringing your kids with you, um, you know, have them ready to, to play on the playgrounds and do whatever it is that we got going on over there for the kids and stuff. And, you know, hang out with Peppy's kids. So, <laughs> so Peppy can get that's a break. Sure. Right. You know, <laughs> we just turn all the kids loose, you know, at some point by, by Saturday afternoon, everybody will feel comfortable with each other. You can just turn the kids loose. But, uh, you know, and then, uh, of course, yeah, feel free to be, uh, feel free to come around and talk to people, man. That's one thing I noticed about the last one is, uh, you know, we had quite a few people that were just kind of like wandering around and they weren't really talking to folks. Um, they're definitely just kind of keeping to themselves a little bit or felt maybe a little bit out of the loop. Um, these, these events tend to be a little clicky sometimes you, you tend to get the Space Coast guys together and the, the Virginia Beach folks together and the Georgia folks together and, the you know, whatever. It's just the way it works because you're friends with all those people. So, uh, um, you know, 
be a little bit more outgoing and, and, and make this a really positive uh, opportunity for you when you're out there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, oh, good point, guys. Make sure that you, before you leave, make sure that you have uh, your tires have been rotated, your tires are properly inflated, make sure your oil's been changed. It's a long drive. It's a long drive for anybody. We, we live in Florida. It's going to take us eight hours at least to get up there. So, I mean, you know, uh, make sure your your car has been properly maintained. I'm going to be taking care of that over the next couple of days. So uh, uh, there you go. But uh, cool. That's it. That's all I got. Peppy, what do you got, man? Oh, man, that's about it. I mean, uh, we're good, man. Just, you know, one thing, I know he's off the board already. He's not He's not on there. I think he went to sleep. He's, he's an old man, you know. He needs to go to sleep early and stuff. But uh, Ladyfish King... Uh, Steve McNerney, I just wanted to give him a shout-out for this past weekend. You know, Steve's been trying hard for the past year or so. You know, Chuck, he's been trying to fish tournaments, been trying to do good and all this stuff. And Steve came in third place this weekend. Steve did good. Yes, he did. He caught a 29-inch redfish uh, Steve got. Man, I was real happy for him for for catching that redfish. Uh, Yeah, man. Yeah, he was real stoked about it. Really stoked. I was happy for him because, you know, He's been trying for a while, man, and he finally got up there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'll tell you what, Steve. Uh, Steve's good people, man, and I don't know. Um, it's Steve's just one of those guys that uh, you know he'll give you the shirt off his back and and comes into the shop quite often and and you know ask questions and everything else and you know very humble, very very just a very nice dude. So. Kudos to Steve, man. That's awesome. And I know that he was uh, he was talking about uh, maybe even getting a mount done of that fish because it was a, a placeable fish for him and a memorable fish for him. So uh, he, I know he said something about going to talk to the guys over at Browns, which would be awesome. Uh, before we go, we've got Una Moss, our boy uh, Drew Mixon. He's just called in. So uh, what's going on, brother? Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, good. Okay. I can never tell Type thing if it's working or not. So I I I did I did say mount. Yeah, you said mount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said mount. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's the word, brother? What's the word? Hey, I, I guess you guys, uh, the 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 fellow from Atlanta. I, I I just caught a little bit of the show while I was trying to log in, but it sounds like he uh, he got everybody squared away with gear and equipment and. Uh, the fish and the seasons and the tides and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's awesome. I only caught a little bit of it, but um, it sounded like some really great info. Um, you know, if, if there's any other questions or if anybody has something they're they're really wanting to do and you know wants uh, you know wants to hear <laughs> my opinion about it, I, I'm happy to answer any questions. If anybody's got anything you know specific that they hadn't been able to find out, you know, um, I, I'm I'm happy to do that. But I, I don't want to ramble and you know and and go over everything that your other, you know, your other guests had already had already gone over. But, um, you know, if there's anything else that 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 he missed or anybody have any other questions, you know, I'm happy to to try and answer them. I, you know, I fished that water, you know, since I was a, a young teenager. So, uh, um, you know, I certainly don't know everything, but I kind of know my way around. So. Hey, Drew, I, any... know thing. I know one thing, Drew. That's for sure. I'm following you. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'll follow you. <laughs> well, you know, as I mentioned in that Facebook post, you know, I'm not planning on doing a, a, a lot of fishing. Um, you know, I'd rather, 
if I can point some people in the right direction, that's great. But more than anything, you know, I want to go and catch some flounder. You know, I mean, really, October is the time where, you know, I start getting pumped up about the flounder because they really start migrating out of the out of the rivers into the bays, and then from the bays um, out into the Gulf. And I know that was one of the things that was mentioned in the other in the other call. But um, really and truly, it, it typically takes that first little bit of, of cold weather where you've got to put on a jacket and maybe even a, a, a hoodie. Um, and then the flounder really start moving. And in that area, there's there's so many flounder, you know, gigging is very popular there. And it's nothing for two or three guys to go out with their flounder lights at night and get a two or three man limit, um, you know, a flounder. So there's a lot of flounder that move through there. But that's great for the anglers, too. In the daytime, those flounder are staging and they're, you know, they're, they're getting lined up in some of their positions. Um, they typically do the actual migrating um, at night, but in the daytime, they're in, you know, some of these deeper pockets, um, they hang around the um, uh, uh, the dock pilings. You know, there's some rock piles, the bridges, that kind of stuff. So I'm really hoping that, um, you know, the, to be able to catch some flounder. I, I, I have the worst luck with flounder down in this area, so I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back there and catching some flounder. Well, somebody let me, in the let me chat asked about Spanish mackerel. There, there should be tons of Spanish mackerel. If the, if the weather is like what it looks like, um, you know, we get Spanish mackerel in the um, in the pass and in the bay in the schools of the thousands. So, you know, there's a there's oh a fantastic God. opportunity to uh, to catch some Spanish mackerel there also. Let me tell you something, Drew. I I am going to give you a bro hug with eye contact. <laughs> oh. if you if you put me on some flounder. Let me tell you something. I drove all the way to Virginia Beach for a boondoggle to catch some damn flounder. I brought spro jigs. I brought everything I was told to bring with me to go catch some flounder. And uh, I, Jess, did I catch any flounder? I didn't catch a one flounder. Jess likes to catch a flounder. Heck, I put a post up about it the other day about how well she likes to catch flounder and stuff. So, um, man, that's awesome. Flounder, Spanish mackerel, those are two great eating fish. I love catching both of them, man. Excited, excited, excited. Yeah, I'll be following you around, bro. Yeah, don't don't jinx me on the flounder, but I, you know I've got a couple of spots that are that are almost automatic. Um, you know, it, it it typically is not difficult to catch a handful of keeper fish, and um, both of my boys they cut their tournament teeth on uh, on flounder. You know, we would trout fish and redfish, but we could always go to one of these spots and uh, you know catch a three or four or five pound uh, flounder in you know in some of these spots when the conditions were right. So, Chuck, don't jinx me, but um, you know I'll, I'll do what I can. <laughs> You know, I want to I want to bring home some fillets myself for sure. Yeah, hey, I'm cool with it, man. So, so are you still at 75% going, or are you, are you pretty much uh, everything going on okay with your buddy? Everything everything is going really really well. Um, uh, Nick is um, my girlfriend's son. He, he's 18, and he was in a bad uh, motorcycle accident two weeks ago. And I've just I've, I've really wanted him to um, to round the corner um, before I try to make any any hard hard plans. And everything is looking really good. He's gone through a bunch of surgeries and things, but everything is is moving in the right direction. It's going to be a really long road. But she and I had a talk about it tonight, and she's actually going to be very upset, and it's going to add stress to her if I don't go. So uh, you know, as of tonight, um, you know, I, I, I'll be a single man if I don't go to Boondoggle. So I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> going to. Well, that's that's a good woman there, man, and we'll uh, we'll all definitely say some prayers for him as well that uh, he has a speedy recovery. 
Well, it's going to be a long road, and uh, you know, the, I know, um, you know, the prayers have been coming in. You know, it's it's just been it's been fantastic all the support that that he's gotten and his mother has gotten. So it's, you know, it's been it's been really great. It, it, it has been get, great, and because of those things, you know, that's how I'm how I'm able to go because it's just, you know, he's got the power of the Lord in him, and he's you know he's working working his magic and getting him going the right direction. So I'm, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm real thankful that I'm going to be able to go. Very, very cool. Very cool. Well, man, we're going to be it's going to be awesome to see you there. Awesome to see uh, uh, the little mix in there and uh, get get to mess with him a little bit. Hopefully he doesn't school me on any more handshakes or whatever. This is like jellyfishing me last time I saw him or something. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Mike, Mike is going to be there. This is going to be sort of an off weekend for him because he's actually going to leave from boondoggle and he's going over to uh, Homa for the IFA uh, national championship. And he'll be trying to defend his, two-time junior national champion title for, for the third and last time. This will be his last year as a junior. So he's going to be heading over there right after boondoggle to try and, uh, try and three-peat over there. That's awesome. That's just, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That is so cool. And, uh, you know, good luck to him, of course. And we'll talk to him when we get up there, but, uh, Awesome, man. Well, if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns for uh, for for Mr. Mixon here, he, you can find him on Facebook. You guys have a page for uh, Grass Flats Mafia, don't you? Grassflatsmafia.com. Yep. There you go. Uh, check him out. Definitely uh, follow him, man. This guy, I'm telling you, uh, of all the people that we get a chance to fish with in tournaments and, and just in general, uh, you're definitely one of the, the, the highest of the regarded folks, man, that, that – we have around here for sure. So we appreciate all your knowledge and you're always so open with it too, man, which we definitely appreciate. And sometimes it's hard to shut me up. Sorry. No, Hey, like I said, man, that's never, come on, dude. Really? I got a radio show. Like <laughs> sometimes it's hard to shut me up too, but listen, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely warranted whenever you've got a, a, a brain full of uh, useful information, you can cut down on the, uh, on the trial and error, just like Jim did earlier. So, uh, we definitely appreciate it, bro. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Well, very cool, folks. We're here at almost 930. Uh, I'm going to let everybody get back to watching Monday Night Football. Uh, Peppy, you want to let us out? You want to go out with your sponsors and stuff? And uh, and then I'll do my deal, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, sure. Let's do this. Um, I'd like to thank um, thank Kayak Fishing Radio, Harry Goods Outdoor Shop, Kayaks um, by Bo. Native Watercrafts, Aquaton Paddles, Slayer Ink Lures, Hook One Kayak Fishing Gear, Yak Attack, Ram Mounts, Orca Coolers, Fishing Florida Radio, Tackle Webs, Tailing Toes, and Black Dog Custom Rods. Thank you very much. And uh, as you all heard earlier in the show, our other co-host, Mr. Alan Ryland, he's not here uh, tonight. He's got some things he's taking care of at the house. Um, we're going to wish him all, all, of our, all of our thoughts and prayers will be with Alan the entire weekend, I assure you. It will be with a heavy heart that he's not going to be with us and uh, an even heavier heart knowing that he's about to go through the surgery. So uh, if you get an opportunity, jump on Facebook, look up Alan. If you're not friends with him, become friends with Alan. He's a great guy, uh, one of my best friends, and uh, he can use all the prayers and uplifting support that you guys can send his way, trust me. But uh, with that being said, I'd like to thank Hobie Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, of course our buddy Mike Ortigo, uh, with tackle webs, folks. If you don't have tackle webs bags on your kayaks, take a look at them. I'll have my boat completely rigged out with all my tackle webs bags at the uh, Boondoggle. So feel free to come by and check it out. Railblazer Yak Gear, Ego Nets, Eno Bending Branches, 
Slayer Ink Lures, and KBB Outfitters, of course, and Kayaks by Bo. Uh, check out Chris Sensi's uh, website. Uh, stay tuned. There'll be some photos being put up as he gets them of the STBs. I'm going to have some baits to, to pass along at the uh, Boondoggle as well, so feel free to stop by. Uh, we'll be kind of hard to miss. We'll have the sl- we'll have a Slayer Ink banner. I'll have my two Boondoggle banners and uh, all of our Orca coolers. So feel free to stop on by. But thank you very much, everybody, for listening tonight. And uh, as I said before, everybody st- drive safe, arrive there safe. Um, like I said, we just need to be able to get out and fish together and have a good time, man. There's no need to rush yourselves. But with that being said, uh, we're out. God bless. Everybody take it easy. Trey and Logan, sleep through the night, buddies. Daddy's going to need to sleep for this upcoming trip. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. See you.